This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. You know it better as Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. My man Harry Douglas over there. Freddie Coleman over here presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Series XM Channel 80. Don't forget about us and tune in. And always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. It's always 5 o'clock somewhere. But that 5 o'clock somewhere is never good as the 5 o'clock here each and every Monday. You play to win the game. The doors are open. Don't press in. It's happy hour with Herm. And it's always a good time we recap the Sunday that was in the National Football League. I'm at ESPN NFL analyst Herm Edwards always joining us in studio for Happy Hour with Herm Edwards. Before we get to games and coaching decisions, Herm Edwards told us a great story that said you got to share this with people nationally about the 49ers game yesterday. Yep. And this has nothing to do with the game. It involves the two young daughters of Herm Edwards. I got an 18-year-old and a 17-year-old, a senior and a junior. And all week, you know, they're getting ready to go to the 49er game. The Lynches, obviously, are close family friends. Uh, we're, they're the godparents of, of the Vivian, the, the junior. And, and, and so, all of us, you know, UPS truck comes to my house about every other day. And I don't pay a whole lot of attention. <laughs> boxes. I, said, so I go in the kitchen. There's a bunch of boxes sitting up on the, on the kitchen. I go, who are the boxes for? Well, I said, that's for the girls. I said, what, what do they get? He said, well, they're going to the game. I said, Okay, well, they, they need outfits. I said, what do you mean? They got clothes in the closet that they don't even wear. He said, oh, they need new outfits because, you know, they're going to go to the game for a Niner game. I said, are you kidding me right now? I mean, it's like you got clothes in your closet, but they had to have new outfits, right? My, my one girl, Gabrielle, the senior, she's got Brandon Ayuk jersey on. You know, we know Ayuk. He went to school at Arizona State. He texts us and all this. I got to wear his jersey. My other, my other daughter, she's got to get these special kind of tennis shoes. They're not the ones Harry just got. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know Harry got expensive ones, but yeah. she got even more expensive ones. I said, are you kidding me? I had to call Lynch up. I said, stop inviting them to games, man. You're killing me right now. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Here we oh, go. Man. All right, let's oh, talk about some football. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know if we can. Now. Oh, I said, man. That's unbelievable. That goes. So, Coach, you, you telling me, so my daughter is only seven. You're telling me that's what I got to look forward to. Oh, bro, you, yeah. you got no shot, man. No. I'm just telling you. All you do, be, like the, be like the dog in the window in the cars that just do your head like this. Yep. Okay. It's okay. We're good. <laughs> See, this is what happens when the national dad back in finance yes. is always, always open for customers, especially those that are related to us. We start with the New York Jets. Oh, boy. And, well, at least this old boy this Monday yeah. is different than the old boy last Monday. I'm not going to say that Jack Wilson has the locker room now, that he went back to the locker room, whatever that is. I believe last night, Herm, he was playing for his job. And he saved the job for at least one week. What are your thoughts on that? No, I think you make a great, great point because when you think about this, this young man, um, there was a lot of stuff coming at him now. And a lot of people figured this guy couldn't play quarterback. It was awful. Um, all I know is if you watch that game, and I always said this in life, listen to your eyes. Okay. What do you see? Don't listen to the voices. Just listen to your eyes. And if you listen to your eyes and you heard nothing about Zach Wilson, you took everything off the table that's been said about this young man, right. you said, you know what? Guy played pretty good last night. This quarterback they got is a pretty good little player, right? And, and they did that, and they played complimentary football, a game really they had an opportunity to win, to upset the Super Bowl champions. And he did enough to put them in position to win. But here's who showed up, their defense. Their defense has been talking about being the Chicago Bears and all that. Right. And as of late, they hadn't come close to that. Last night, this defense for the New York Jets 
lined up, played football. Offensively, Nathaniel Hackett didn't run the Aaron Rodgers offense, right. ran the Zach Wilson offense. Mm-hmm. And all they got to do is keep building on that. And they will be, if they can play like that, they will be competitive in every week. You know what's kind of interesting? Who they play this week? Denver Broncos. How about that? <laughs> oh, boy. Interesting. <laughs> Keep going. Who's the OC for the, for the, uh, for, for the Jets? Nathaniel Hackett. Well, I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to stay right there. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Coach, Coach I, w- I want to touch on that defense because yes. I did think that they played well. Yes. But it was a few things in mm. that ball game I thought that they let slip through their hands. The interception that C.J. Mosley should have had. Correct. The one busted coverage that allowed Noah Gray to get his touchdown. And then on the last drive, I know Zach Wilson wish he can have that fumble yeah, back. Yeah. But as a defense, if you're an elite defense and you have to get that ball back to your offense, you had four third downs yep. on that one drive. And forget the third and 23, the third and 20. Right. Mm-hmm. You could have got off the field in the third and one. You could have yep. got off the field in the third and eight. I, my mindset is I understand that a lot of people are saying Zach Wilson has to be phenomenal for this team to have a chance. But I'm also going to say the little things on this defense has to be right, too, because that's three weeks in a row I thought they had a chance for interceptions, and it came back to bite them in this football game. No, and, and Harry, you make a great point. And, and you're not trying to, to, to like, pick at the defense, yeah. but the only way they're going to win is through their defense. Look, I, I, I get – I understand that. When we went to Tampa Bay – and went down there with Tony and, and, and that defense we had on there. Now we ended up having four Hall of Famers, Rondé Barber, John Lynch, Sapp, and Brooks. But when we were building this defense, we flat told them, we walked in the room and say, look, the, 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 the team that's going to lead this team is the defense. Don't worry about what the offense does. If they can't score, they can't win. We used to actually say that all the time. And Sapp and them used to look at us and say, man, you crazy. I said, if they can't score, they can't win. And that's the mindset. And I think if you're the Jets – as much as you want to talk about doing that, the thing you got to understand is games are probably going to be tight. Yeah. The only way they're night tight is we got to get some extra possessions for our offense. We can't drop interceptions. We, we, we got to get off the field on third down. All these little things you have to do if you want to be one of these defenses, and they have the ability to do that. Herman Edwards, ESPN NFL analyst. Each and every Monday at this time, it's happy hour with Herman, Freddie, and Harry on ESPN Radio. We were talking about this in terms of how – and I hate to use this term, but I thought it was the case yesterday. I've never seen the Buffalo Bills play that pissed off before in my life in the last three to four years. It was that they were sick and tired of people talking about the Miami Dolphins and 70 points and 726 yards like they got against Denver or the media counting them out, saying Josh Allen's never going to mature, all that stuff. They took that out, then they beat the fool out of the Miami Dolphins. What is it like to see a team that, and Shannon Penn, our producer, pointed this out, and I thought it was very astute, that it looked like they were really, really – not saying they don't get up for games, but they were really, really up for that game yesterday. It was a playoff mode for the for, for the Buffalo Bills. They were in playoff mode. And the Miami Dolphins, it's good it happened to them early because now they know what to expect. That's okay. what it feels like. Okay. And the, the, the Buffalo Bills, they, they've been there numerous times. They, they get it. We, we, we are the keepers of the AFC East. Right. And we're going to show you why we're the keepers. After the first game, after the first game of the season, when every, all the talk on Josh Allen was this – when you've watched him the next three weeks and you watch his football team, they circled the wagons last night and say, hey, guess what, Miami Dolphins? All the t- Everybody's been talking about Miami Dolphins. I'm one mm-hmm. of them. Fastest team in football. I don't think the Miami Dolphins are dead by any stretch of the imagination Absolutely. now. Right. They're still a good football team. But they, they faced a team that has been in numerous playoffs, 
They know how to play in big games. And it went, this is a big game. Even though it's only the fourth game, this was a big game. They're making a statement to everybody in that division. Hey, we're still the champs here. It comes to us. That's what they said last night. It'll be interesting how Miami responds now going forward. That's a good point, too. Yeah. Coach, I think they're, the Bills' defense oh. made a statement, too. Oh, yeah. Um, disrupting, mm. you know, the timing of that offense of the Miami Dolphins. Yes. Tua Tonga-Valoa wasn't hit much going into this game. Mm. The defense, when they didn't get home, they got their hands up. But I thought they did a great job when they were playing coverage, right? Yes of understanding the zones and the areas that the Dolphins skill position players wanted to get to yes. and being disciplined and flooding those areas and not letting them do it. Is that some of the, some of the things you've seen as well? Well, absolutely, because when you think about the Miami's offense, and, 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 and Mike Videos does a great job of calling plays, and basically their strategy is, 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 is it's not simple, but he, but he makes it simple for them. Okay. They motion and shift vertically to stretch your defense. Because they really don't want to throw the ball against the corners unless you line up there and play press. When you play off, they prefer to go, you know what? We're not going to throw the ball against the corners. They're the best cover guys. We're going to make your linebackers and your safeties cover our wide receivers. And you can't do that. And they throw the ball where? 70% of the time is going inside the numbers. And it's out of the guy's hands. And all it is is five, six, eight-yard pass, and guys catch it, and then they're running. They're running. They're running north and south fast, man. And that's what the Buffalo Bills were able to do. They took away the middle of the field. They played a lot of too high. They played zone. They didn't get in trying to cover these guys running across the field. They just said, okay, we're just going to play back here. We're going to stay in our lanes. We're going to force this guy to make really tight window throws inside the numbers. You know this from being in the NFL as a player and also as a coach. How much of what Buffalo did intimidated those guys in terms of play calling? When it comes to Mike McDaniels, the head coach who yep. calls plays offensively, and Vic Fangio, the defense, because that's the sense I got. The oh. way they played, that affected their play call. I thought that intimidated them. Yeah, no, and, and, and they got to the quarterback. Remember, he had been sacked. He had not been sacked. Mm-hmm. He was harassed now. He was getting harassed. You saw the pocket bending on him. He's going, uh-oh, and he couldn't <laughs> get rid of the ball right away. Mm-hmm. And, and so that became a problem, right? They hadn't felt that. They haven't felt that in a while. And so it's kind of one of those games you look at and you go, okay, I I see what's going on. So the Buffalo Bills have the blueprint. Now, can people copy that? Hard to say. Right. Because it's always about the players you have. Exactly. It's easy to say, well, I want that. Personnel, man. Like, I want that. Well, you don't got those players. That's the problem. (laughs) Okay? They can say what you want. Well, I want, you know, everybody, you know, you see a guy in a nice suit, you say, boy, I want to get that suit. Yeah, yeah, go buy it. But you know what? You ain't got the body type to fit that suit, man. You got to buy a suit over here. You can't buy that suit. You got to buy this suit. But I want that one. You don't look good in that suit, partner. Go wear this one. That's how it works, man. I hate to say that. You know, hey, Coach, it's, it's, it's funny, Coach, life. because the, I, I look at the – let me tell you why I get upset with the Chargers, because mm. that same mm. game plan, the Chargers was able to do last season. Yep. But then they came in in 2023 and said, you know what, we're going to play man across the board. Wow. See, last year, they took away the middle of the football yeah. field. Yep. But I don't understand why they didn't do it in the first game of the year this year. I, I, I just don't get it. But the Buffalo Bills, like you mentioned, Coach, if you have the personnel, you're able to do it. If you don't have the personnel, yep. 
Don't 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 get beat. Mm-hmm. Get seventy scored on you. Yeah. <laughs> right, seventy. Yeah. Speaking of the, the Broncos and oh, the Bears, Herm Edwards, part mm-hmm. of Herm Happy Hour with Herm each and every Monday. ESPN info analyst joining us in studio on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. I know that some some teams can't stand prosperity. Correct. But the Bears cannot stand prosperity. No. But the one thing that you told us before you came on. The one play, one coaching decision that bothered you the most was what? And, 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 and look, and, and I'm not picking, I'm, I'm not picking on the Bears, and I'm not saying, you know, I'm not trying to second guess them, but I do know this: you have to have the ability in your offense to have the quarterback go under center and take the snap, especially in short yardage situations. If you decide to run the ball, why? Because once you get into the gun and you say, I'm going to run the ball, the back is four yards away from where you're trying to go. Well, all of a sudden, that's a problem, especially if they penetrate. Right. When you're under center and you your best player happens to be the quarterback, in Philadelphia, they're trying to outlaw this thing called the tush push. Tush push. Mm-hmm. That should be in your offense. With this quarterback. Exactly. And when you need a yard or two yards, and everybody in the stadium knows it's happening. Everybody in the world knows it's happening now. Everybody, we start laughing. We're going, they're going to get a tush push. They're going to push. They're going to make a first down. Mm-hmm. Right? Why Chicago does not have that in their offense? They turned around and tried to hand the ball off. I'm not trying to second guess, should you go for it or not? Coach sure. said to go for it. Go for it. Good. You're good with it. I'm good with that. But give yourself the best opportunity to have some success. That's all I'm saying. When I saw I, that, I was going, no, no, no. You're not going to do this. Are you on fourth and what? Your no. best player is a quarterback. That quarterback they got, that, that, that Fields fella, did he not understand? The guy ran for 1,100 yards last year. Yeah, you would think. They would do that. I get it. He's the best athlete on the field. Get in the ball, man. It's fourth and one. Go ahead. Go ahead, quarterback. Make it first down. This is Fo- the game. Football's not that hard, coach. Oh, I, I, sometimes we Sometimes, co- sometimes we got too many plays. Sometimes we got too many plays. Hmm. Just sometimes. I'm just. But but I'll be honest with you. I know you didn't mind the call. I'm gonna tell you why I didn't like it. Why? It's because in that fourth quarter, mm-hmm. the Chicago Bears really struggled, and I, yes. I I viewed the entire season. It's been a struggle. Things have been going haywire for yep. this team, this organization, from top to bottom. I thought when you had an opportunity to get those three points, you should have took them. Because of everything that went wrong in the fourth quarter, not only the fourth quarter that's been going on with your football team collectively this entire season. Yeah, and Harry, I get it, and there's two ways to look at the coin. It's one way you can say, let's take the points. The other way is to say, you know what? There's going to come a time in the game where I got to do this. I got to make this. I got I got to convert this, right? And eventually I got to do it in a live game. Mm-hmm. And 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 you may have a game where you're struggling. Right. And you say, you know what? I got to do this. It, it it it's just funny how things work. I watched the Notre Dame game, and at the end, everybody said, "Well, they should slow it down and you know and and, and just let the clock run out and kick it and don't let it." I'm gonna tell you something that coach was thinking. I'm gonna tell you what he did. He scored, and everybody said, "Shouldn't have scored." Think about it this way: the head coach of Notre Dame is a defensive coach. Mm-hmm. The week before that, he lost with his defense on the field because they couldn't stop him. Exactly. You know what he did? He turned right around and says, you know what? You're going back on the field. We're going to stop these guys. And they did. Yep. So now that defense has confidence again because the week prior to that, they couldn't stop him. And they went right down the field and scored a touchdown and lose the game. 
He turned right back around this week, and everybody said, we should kick a field goal, take some time off, and just run the clock out. No, no, no. He scored. He said, okay, you get the ball now. Defense, go out there and play. You know what that does for a coach? What he's telling his players, I trust you, man. Mm. I trust you. I'm going to put you in that same situation. And those players walked off that field and said, see, we did it. See, that's sometimes fans don't understand that because you're not in the building every day. Right. Right? You can say as a coach, I trust you. Well, then go trust them. Right. Put them back on the field and see. Wow. Right? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. That's powerful stuff, man, when you're a coach. Yeah, and Marcus Freeman, that was a great point you made. And, and look, 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 and, and look, look. Uh, and our esteemed wide receiver, he knows this. <laughs> <laughs> if Harry drops the ball and he's playing for me on third down and we come off the field, the next series we go out there, I'm throwing Harry the ball. I'm not going to not throw him the ball anymore. Right. He getting the ball because I need him. You don't just not throw him the ball anymore. Running back fumble. I used to walk up to him and say, hey, buddy, you, you okay? Yeah, coach, I'm good. Good, because I'm giving you the ball next time we go out there now. You got you to gotta get that. He, you can't let him dwell on what just happened. Mm-hmm. You got to yeah. put him back in that space wow. and say, go be successful, man. Wow. We need you. Because right? I'll tell you, if, if I go back out there and you don't throw me the ball, I'm going to say to myself, dang, coach don't trust me. Exactly. There you go. They and and no we got the perfect example of that. Remember Miko Hartman muffed a punt. Yep. Mm-hmm. And what did Andy Reid come right back and do the next series? Yep. Fed him the football, fed him the football last year, and he was able to make plays. You got, that's what you got to do, man. And sometimes people don't understand. It's the little things like that where you gain the respect of your players but also your team. Nah, always good having happy hour with Herm Edwards in studio, ESPN NFL analyst on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. Someone you know really well is Mike Tomlin, Pittsburgh Steelers head coach. I don't know what happened yesterday with the Houston Texans. But I know after the game, he got everybody's attention. Hell yeah, we got to make some changes, man. Uh, that was that was that was an ugly product we put out there today, and so uh, we're not going to do the same things and and hope for a different outcome. What those changes are, man, we'll put together a plan uh, in preparation this when week. You, when you hear him say that, what mm. goes through your mind? Mm. He's in a place right now where he's looking, and he's he's kind of sent a message to the football team, not only to the players but to the coaches. This is a statement he's making, and, and Mike's not a guy to embarrass people. Right. He's not, he's not that kind of man, okay? But he's basically making a statement, so if some stuff happens between now and whatever, it's like he just told us, and we got to clean it up. And, and, you know, their offense is a little bit out of whack. The Pittsburgh Steelers are known for this, and, and Mike Tomlin knows it. If you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, you know it. I don't care who the quarterback is. The one thing you have to do in Pittsburgh, you got to run the football. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a staple. You have to run the football. You just do. Because that's the Steelers. <laughs> right? Franco you Harris, have to Rocky be a physical Blyer. team. Absolutely. They, they, they pride themselves on being physical. That's what they are. Even in the day when I was playing, God bless him, Franco Harris, no longer with us. Mm-hmm. As a rookie, we played the Pittsburgh Steelers. Look, we, they had Lynn Swan. They got Stallworth. I'm like, I got to cover these dudes. But the worst one was, and I got to tackle Franco Harris. I'm like, oh, boy. I'm like, oh, boy. I kept telling the coordinator, just call man to man. Keep me out of here, man. <laughs> just, just keep me out of here. Because it was like, we got to tackle Franco Harris. <laughs> and they got Lynn Swan and Stallworth. And I'm like, okay, I got to cover them. But the big deal was, ooh, Franco Harris. Hmm, gotta, we got to tackle him. You know, and that's just, you knew it when you went in there. You knew that I'm going to be bruised up when this game is over with mm-hmm. because of the way they're going to play. And you don't see that right now. 
They're very inconsistent on offense. Defense is humming around pretty good. Right. But they always have played complementary football. That is the Steeler way. It's inbreded in it. It's inbreded in the city. It's like the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. You say what you want about the Philadelphia Eagles. The thing I understood was this. When I went to Philadelphia as a rookie, I had a veteran come up to me and he said, hey, man, the one thing you better do around this place, partner, you better play hard mm-hmm. and you better be physical. And I went, because that's what them fans expect. And the one thing we did as a defense, it didn't matter what the offense did, man. We were knocking helmets off. We're gonna, you play the Eagles, you're getting hurt. You're going on the turf. In the vet, you're going to get beat up. <laughs> you you come in our house, we're going to beat you up. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> we might have not won early, but it's that we're going to beat the boys up. When they leave a body here, they bruised. <laughs> and, that's, and the Philadelphia fans, that's what they wanted. Uh-huh. Say, hey, but we, not, we might not be any good right now. Now, we eventually became really good. Oh, but yeah. it was like, you better, be, you better get into a fist fight. Wow. That's no doubt. I, I, no, no I just doubt. think the, the inability for Pittsburgh to run the football blows oh, my mind. It, it really because, is. see, point, I had Harry. Mike Malarkey as my offensive coordinator. That's who mm. drafted me, and he was my head coach, and he's a Pittsburgh Boy. disciple. You know what I mean? So just, you know, from Jerome Bennis oh. and even Le'Veon Bell, mm-hmm. Mendenhall, Absolutely. you know, Franco Harris, all those guys in that offense. But it starts with the offensive line and also yeah. offensive coordinator. It has to be a mindset set as soon as you get back to OTAs, training camp, it's a mindset, and they don't have that right now. They're no. 29th in rushing in the league. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. They play outside. They play in the weather. Uh-huh. When the leaves start falling off the trees, mm-hmm. and you get into the late, you get into November, and you're going, oh, you look at your schedule every year, you go, ooh, we got to play the Steelers in November <laughs> in Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. It's like, oh boy, uh-huh. it's a great day. Mm-hmm. It's kind of one, and you're going out there and saying, boys, you better get ready. Yeah. All those terrible towels. Oh, my word. You don't even know. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. it is always, always great each and every Monday. About this time, we do a little happy hour with Herm Edwards, ESPN, NFL, and always great with the stories, always great with the knowledge as well, always a treat to have him in on studio on Freddie Harris. Oh, it's good seeing you, brother. Thank, Thank you, Thank you, my Herm. friends. All right, man. Uh, I could, I could, we could listen to Herm talk all day about football. Sure can. And, and believe me, it's the Cowboys fans be morally opposed to hearing him talk about the Eagles when they got good, but that's just the way that that happened to go. We'll continue our info conversation when it comes to what's next, not only for Zach Wilson of the New York Jets, but Daniel Jones, the Giants quarterback, that comes to you in about 20 minutes, and they just cannot stop talking in the NBA. They're getting in touch with the inner NFL when it comes to Damian Lillard and the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics. We'll get to that next on Freddie and Harry, and this is ESPN Radio. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 
30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. How'd it come? FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. It is Reggae Monday. I'm Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance with Harry Douglas, my man. I'm Freddie Coleman, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. In three minutes, you're going to find out what this has to do with the new Jimmy Butler down in Miami. That comes your way in about three minutes here on Freddie and Harry. We're completely going to hell in three minutes. I can guarantee <laughs> that as far as that goes. And speaking of people telling excuse people, me. Yeah, yeah, no, beyond excuses now, speaking of telling people to go to hell, how about James Harden of the Philadelphia 76ers? Now, the last time we left our hero is because he said all the things he wanted to say in terms of calling Darryl Moore the general manager a liar, Wanting to be traded to the Los Angeles Clippers, Harry. He wanted out of that situation. But media day came today. He was nowhere to be found. And Daryl Moore, the sixth general manager, decided to clear the air about the whole liar, liar, pants on fire claim. Well, I don't think I have to interpret it. He said what he meant, uh, and I think that was well reported on. Obviously, a text. I haven't responded to that because I think it falls flat on its face. 20 years of working in the league, always followed through on everything. Wow, Daryl Morey, let it be known. He's like, look, you're not going to call me a liar without me having receipts. And I stuck out my neck for you, not just once in Houston, but twice even here with the Philadelphia 76ers. Daryl Morey is not about any of that foolishness. Either James Harden's going to play for him or he ain't going to play for nobody. Yeah, Daryl Morey is basically saying you're not going to bully me to get your way. Right, especially all the things that Daryl Morey and I'm probably a little closer to the situation because my brother Tony Absolutely. Douglas was with the Houston Rockets mm-hmm. when James Harden, you know, had first went over there. So him and my brother were, you know, very very close at the time. So much to the point to where if we would have went to the Super Bowl, my brother and James Harden was gonna go together, okay. and I would have had to get them a ticket. But really, yeah. So so I, so I think it's to the point now though. Um, if you're James Harden. Just go play basketball, man. Like because I think if you don't show up, I think I if I got I want to make sure I'm correct on this, but he will not become a free agent. I believe if he doesn't show up, you know, during a certain time frame. Because he opted into his contract. I think that's Ex- part of the exactly. provisions of his contract. And yeah. and I'm thinking like I don't know if you want that to get halted up because I'm pretty sure you're trying to get out of Philly. So if this has to be your last year, this has to be your last year. But I don't think you would want to hold that process up and becoming a free agent by not wanting to be in Philadelphia so bad. I understand you said what you said, and you probably meant what you what you said, mm-hmm. but he's not obligated to try to find you a trade partner. And I'm pretty sure he tried to do what he could, but he's not going to, you know, exhaust the organization yeah. to make you happy no doubt. right now at this moment. Yeah, I know if I'm Daryl Morey, after I put my butt on the line not once but twice for you in Houston and now the Philadelphia 76 to bring you here, you're just not going to get off scot-free just because you don't want to be part of a situation. Uh -uh. I I brought you here because you wanted to be here. You wanted out of Brooklyn, and that was entirely your right. You don't want to be part of that whole circus involving Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, yada, yada, yada. So be it. You made that choice, and I gave up a lot to bring you here. I gave up a lot so you can help this guy, Joel Embiid, 
to win a championship because even Joel Embiid is like, look. Hopefully the situation with James get resolved. If he's here, we love him. You know, we want him to be with us, and I think we have a better team with him on the floor. So, And I think he knows it too. So hopefully that get resolved. And, you know, if that doesn't change anything, it doesn't change the goal. It doesn't change anything. You know, the goal is still to go out there and try to win a championship, whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and l- let me say this, though, because Joel Embiid is trying to win a championship, right? Mm-hmm. He, we understand that this organization hasn't been to the Eastern Conference Finals since 2001 when Allen Iverson um, and his squad was able to go before losing to the Lakers in the NBA Finals. And I will say this, how the last two years ended, not being able to get it done versus the Boston Celtics when you're up in a series, not being able to get it done versus the Miami, uh, I believe it was the Miami Heat. No, was it the Milwaukee Bucks? Milwaukee no, it was Bucks. The, no, it was the Miami Heat the year before. Yeah, before? Yeah, it was, yes, yeah. it was the Heat. It was, a, yeah. it was the Miami Heat. That's right, yep. And you understand that when James Harden's on the floor, you are a better team, but when you're Joel Embiid and you're looking at everything that the Milwaukee Bucks just done, when you're looking at everything that the Boston Celtics has has, has done as Getting well. Getting Drew Holiday, yeah. Exactly. And you're saying to yourself, we're at media day and this is what we're talking about, this is what we have to worry about. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's sad in my opinion because you have a player in Joel Embiid who, who wants to get over that hump, who wants to take that next step and understand how bad the organization and that city wants it too. Mm-hmm. But these are the things that you have to deal with at media day. When other yeah. teams in your division, That's in, in your conference, yep. have gotten better. Yeah, because Milwaukee, I mean, if you're Giannis, I mean, all of a sudden, Giannis is thinking, man, I may think about wanting out of here, however. Money is not important. A lot of money is important. <laughs> so I'm going to sign it next year. At the end of the day, again, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It does not make sense for me to sign it right now. I got to, you know, always look at uh, what's the best for me and my family and for my situation. But at the end of the day, like, I want to be a Milwaukee back for uh, the rest of my career as long as we are winning. Yeah, as long as you're winning. And they said, yeah, that's why we got Damian Lillard. And that's why you still got a stacked squad. Yep. Giannis is like, ooh, we, I'm good. The Celtics like, look, we get Drew Holiday and Christoph Porzingis to go to the guys we have in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and we believe our coach Joe Mazzulla has learned some lessons. We're more than good. The last thing you need to back you up on this, Harry, is you got a Philadelphia 76ers team that nobody's talking about them being a championship team. Or can this finally be the year? It's what are you going to do about, what are you going to do about James Harden? And if you're Joel Embiid, if you're Daryl Moore, if you're anybody in that city that loves basketball and loves that basketball team, that's the last thing you want to have to talk about because that's not something that's going to go away. Even if you're not going to trade James Harden, that's still hanging over this team. How much does he want to be here? Is he going to flake out on Philadelphia like he did with the Houston Rockets when he wanted to be there and he came as portly James and not big game James? That's the last thing that anybody wants to have that kind of discussion when it comes to Philadelphia 76ers and their fan base. Now, I would say this now. When I look at a guy like P.J. Tucker, who you know I view as one of those players who's going to keep it real with all his teammates, and I look at a guy like Patrick Beverly, who's now on that basketball Absolutely. team. Absolutely. I know for a factor, even though Patrick Beverly isn't you know the face of that franchise, I know he going to have something to say to James Harden if he, he don't bring his A game and he's come lack, lackadaisical, not giving all his effort and acting like he doesn't want to be there. And I would applaud Patrick Beverly if he, you know, called him out on it. Mm-hmm. Because just because you're not the star player doesn't mean you can't hold all your teammates accountable. Right. Either you want to be here or you don't want to be here. But if you are going to be here, there's a common goal. And there's other people's, you know, life and careers – are counting on what you're able to do and if you're invested into the process. 
No doubt about the great stuff by Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. But nothing took center stage today, part of a lot of NBA media days. Not in Boston, not in LA the Lakers, not Kawhi Leonard with the Clippers, not Philadelphia, compared to media day in Miami. Now, the person that made this record is Jermaine Stewart. God rest his soul. If you've seen the video, you'll see and hear exactly the correlation between Jimmy Butler of Miami and the dude that sang this song. They had media day in Miami. And I'm going to let Devin Kane take this away. Because what did Jimmy Butler's hair look like for those who have not seen the video of the press conference involving Jimmy Butler, his new hairdo, part of Miami Heat press conference, Devin Kane? The, you know the emo hairstyle that you know yeah. a couple yes I, I, a couple in the nineties early two thousands <laughs> yeah. that's what it looked like yes and there's a video going around of Bam uh, Adebayo Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero taking pictures and Bam just looks at him like mm-hmm. what is going on he says the whole lip ring is annoying is what he says there's so, a lip ring there's a lip ring as well oh lord oh, Jimmy man. Butler looks at him and goes look I got to stay in character this is my Halloween. So we get a little insight there. I I don't know. So is he I, going as Jermaine Stewart for Halloween then? The one that did the song, We Don't Have to Take Our Clothes no, no, Off? No, he, he said in another press conference that he's he's emo. So it's the emo look is what he's going for. Oh. To help describe it even more, wow. Jimmy Butler showed up with a silk press today. All right? That's yes. what it was. <laughs> <laughs> a silk press little bob. Yeah, that's what I was That's what I was going to say. Yeah, that that's what it is. And Jermaine Stewart had that kind of hairdo back when he made that song back in 1986. When I first saw the screenshot you guys sent me in the text chain, I said to myself, are they having a Dreamgirls revival on Broadway? <laughs> and then it dawned on me, oh, my God, that's Jimmy Butler. That's not a woman with that hairstyle. <laughs> it's always funny to me, though, when people on Twitter are like, why is he doing this? Why is he doing this? He's, he's the only thing people are talking about today. Absolutely. Of course, we know why he's doing it. No he gets doubt. the attention. No doubt. But a couple it, it, years it ago, crazy. he had the dreads, if you remember. Uh-huh. Yes. He had the dreads extensions. Yep. With like, the weave in there. With the weave. Yes. Apparently, this is his thing now, so. If you had told me that man from Tomball, Texas, who went to Marquette and became a self-made superstar in the NBA, being a proud cowboy from that state, if you had told me <laughs> that that same guy would look like, he's a dream girl, boy. You know, if you had told me that with that haircut today with Jimmy Buzz, said, there ain't no way in hell. There's no way. He came out rocking it just for me. <laughs> just for me. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to see him do next year? Nothing. What, what do you you, not, you don't want to see him yeah. do anything? Come he, on now. I know it's he's fun. going it's to. It's fun, Freddie. Come on. But he's you know he's going to be like he's going to be like the the first non-white member of Kiss next year based on what we've seen so far. <laughs> <laughs> he well, had a face paint and, and everything. Oh, with the star in the face. I want to rock and roll. Oh, oh nice. nice. That, that's going to be Jimmy Butler next year. Watch. And it will be in character for whatever that is going to be. Who needs reality show? We got Could, the NBA and the NFL. Be me. No. I, can you? I can't even imagine Harry in that outfit. Nah. Oh, that hairstyle. I mean, I have no hair, so we have no worries there. The only, the only way that would happen for me would be like a wig. I can't picture Harry, who always keeps his hair well coiffed, all of a sudden to say, you know what? I'll have the Jennifer Holiday. I'll have the Jennifer Hudson with Dreamgirls. No, I, no I can't picture that. Can't Let's make a sir. bet right now. Show bet. I don't know what it is, but loser has to have that hairstyle. Uh, uh, nope. uh, 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 I'm fine. No, 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 not going to do that. Nope. Let's turn our attention back to Planet Earth here on Freddie and Harry. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie nope. Coleman. We're going to ask an FOS friend of the show about two futures when it comes to Zach Wilson and the Jets and the Giants tonight versus the Seahawks on Monday Night Football. This is ESPN Radio. 
This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. It's a reggae Monday on Freddie and Harry. He's Harry Douglas, uh, and I'm Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80, and always tell that smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. He's one of our favorites, does a great job as a New York City sports anchor for NBC4 in that great city. He is Bruce Beck. Hit him on social media at Bruce Beck 4 ny Bruce, before we talk about the Giants game tonight and the must-win versus Seattle, let's go back to last night. Zach Wilson has never played that well in a Jets uniform. How much in your mind did he prove, not just for the next week, but maybe to be the starting quarterback for the remainder of the season? Well, first of all, it's amazing to be on Reggae Monday with you and Harry, okay? That's (laughs) that's the first thing, okay? Appreciate you, Bruce. (laughs) And and the second point is, did you see the Optus stats? There There was a tweet last night that Zach Wilson is the only opposing quarterback to have more completions, more passing yards, more touchdown passes, and fewer interceptions than Patrick Mahomes in a Mahomes start, college or pro, out of 127 total starts, including the postseason. Who would have ever expected Zach Wilson to be the one to dethrone Mahomes on that stat, right? Crazy. But he played extremely well. And the Jets believe maybe this is the start of something. Robert Sala has been preaching to us about the fact that he's seen stuff and that they needed to be patient. Well, finally we saw stuff except for the last three drives, which resulted in punt, punt, and fumble. So you have to analyze the game with that thrown into the mix as well as all the positive accomplishments that he had in the ball game, which were 28 for 39 for 245 yards. Now let's get to the Giants. We got to get to these Giants with road games, in Miami and also Buffalo looming, is this tonight a must-win versus Seattle for the New York football Giants? Harry, I think it has to be. It has to be because, you know, you get out of this cauldron of Seattle, Miami, and Buffalo, and there is some life out there with Washington, the Jets, and Vegas next. But you don't want to be 1-3 and three going on the road to Miami, which is going to be a hungry team and a team looking to bounce back. And Buffalo right now, Josh Allen's hot. So this is a big game, but you've got Saquon Barkley, who's doubtful. You've got Andrew Thomas, who's out. He's their best tackle by far, one of the best tackles in the league, missing his third straight game. So Daniel Jones has to do a lot in this game. And this defense, which tackles very sloppily, Harry, I've never seen this defense play like this for a while. I think they've got to step up in a big way because – Seattle is good, and they're always solid on the road. One of the better teams in the NFL over the last five years on the road. Bruce Beck, an FOS friend of the show, NBC4, New York sports anchor, and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. A lot of pressure has been put on Zach Wilson, but how much of that pressure now even more on Daniel Jones to carry this team? I mean, Daniel Jones got the contract, and, and I think he, he's up to it, but your offensive line's got to give you time. And that has been a problem, not only this year, but in the last few years for the Giants. So sometimes he's running for his life. And I think he's got to use his feet. I think he's got to use Darren Waller more. He's only got 12 grabs, seven of them for first downs in the first three ball games. He played well in Arizona. He's got a multitude of receivers, no, like, no standout. They're all solid. But Waller's the guy I think he can lean on as this tight end who can gobble up nine or ten receptions in a game. So, Freddie, I think there is pressure on him, Mm -hmm. but 
it's nothing that he can't handle. But if your offensive line doesn't give you an opportunity, you're you're really fighting an uphill battle. 20 seconds left. What does your gut tell you about how this game is going to turn out tonight? I think it's going to be a close football game. I think Geno Smith's accuracy is a concern, almost 70% completion percentage thus far this year. Seahawks are good on the road, but the Giants need this game. And I think this is a late Daniel Jones drive that propels the Giants to 2-2 two and two and gives them the chance to fight another day in Miami and Buffalo and gives them a season. Otherwise, this season looks like it might be going down the tubes fast. He is one of our favorites. He's an FOS friend of the show. He is Bruce Beck, NBC4, New York Sports anchor. Nobody does it better in that city than him. Hit him on social media at Bruce Beck 4 ny joining us on Freddie and Harry. Always a pleasure, brother. Always great to catch with you, Bruce. You take care and be well. Enjoy the game tonight, too. Thanks so much, Harry. I love your stuff on TV, too. So, Reggae Monday to spend it with you guys is a total honor. (laughs) 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 Thank you, brother. Appreciate that, Bruce, and the kind words as well. See, you do your thing. You never know who's paying attention. All of a sudden, Harry, there you go. Oh, the skinny girls led Bruce Bruce. I'll start right there. That's the song. I know it is. Yeah, I know it is. And I'm really glad you stopped before line three when it comes to that record. Speaking of New York teams, the Buffalo Bills, oh, they let it be known, not to just the AFC, but to the media. That's next on Freddie and Harry. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.